Hello, everyone, and welcome to Mike Springston FFC Coaching You in the Word podcast. We're glad to have you today. We want to thank all of you from around the country and those of you that have downloaded us from around the world for joining us for our uh, biblical studies, teaching, and preaching. We just appreciate you so much. Um, We're going to share with you now a message that we Preach taught last night on October the uh, 2nd of 2022, the second part of uh, uh, the message we began on Sunday morning, uh, training and developing the inner man. Um, So we're going to go into that right away. I hope you enjoy the word and I'll be back with you at the conclusion of that teaching. Our Sunday night Bible study, it's 6 p.m. on Sunday evening. We're glad to have you with us. We're going to um, continue with part two of perfecting the inner man. And I've got some stuff to share with you I think you will enjoy. We want to welcome all those of you that will be coming on with us through Lift Him Higher Radio, through Mike Springston FFC, Coaching You in the Word podcast, and those of you that will either join us during this segment or during the week through Family Fellowship Chapel's Facebook post. We began this, if you will remember, two years ago uh, when we began teaching during the pandemic. We've continued it. We've enjoyed it. It has gone around the world through our podcast and through Lift Him Higher Radio. We're glad to be coming to you to share the Word of God. We're teaching on perfecting the inner man, and we want to remind you that Wednesday night at 6.45, we will begin our midweek service, the change of the service day. Uh, Wednesday night this week will we'll, uh, uh, become our um, midweek service coming up this week. Um, that date is the 5th of October. And uh, we'll be starting at 6.45 with prayer. And then we will go into a Bible study from 7 o'clock to 7.45 every Wednesday night. I will start that off. I've not discussed with other people about coming in to teach on Wednesday night, but I will um, as uh, the the time unfolds. Uh, and we will get a number of teachers uh, available, those that want to teach. But tonight we're talking about perfecting the inner man, and we're in part two of that. Hi, Charles. I hope you're doing good. We're beginning that from Second Chronicles 16 and 9, for the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in the behalf of them whose heart, inner man, is perfect towards him. And as we saw this morning, herein thou hast done foolishly, because your inner man isn't right. Therefore thou shalt have wars, an inner struggle. Uh, What a truth this scripture is. Let's have a word of prayer, and then we will go into the Bible study. Father, we thank you for the word of God. Open our eyes that we can see, and our ears that we can hear, and our heart that we can understand what the word of God says to us, and then allow us to apply it to our lives so that we can be changed into the image of your dear Son. We yield ourselves, sanctify ourselves, and surrender ourselves to the, to the voice of the Holy Spirit, whom we know is sharing us the words of Jesus Christ, the man in the Godhead. As we surrender to that, we pray 
that the words that we speak will minister to the hearer. We'll give you praise in the lovely name of Jesus Christ, our high priest, Lord, and our man in the Godhead. Amen and amen. Now, I finished this morning with a reference to Matthew chapter 7, where Jesus is speaking to those, the, the man that built his house on the rock and the man that built his house on sand. We are preaching and teaching, as you know, on the perfection, how to perfect the inner man. And in Matthew 7, I want to break that down just a little bit because Jesus here is teaching a whole lot of stuff concerning the inner man. He tells the Jews not to judge unless they want to be judged. Now that sounds very reasonable. And it is to anyone who's living from an undeveloped inner man. And of course that was the condition of the Jew. No man in the natural can judge another man in the natural. Only the spirit man can make the judgments that come from the inner man that give us the ability to know what the mind of Christ is. So when the natural man judges one another and you see them wear the t-shirt, don't judge me, well, they're probably operating in a very true mechanism. Because one natural man judging another natural man brings about confusion. Hi, Bobby. But when the spiritual man is judging, comparing and combining spiritual things with spiritual things, then out of that man comes a spiritual expression. That's what Paul meant when he talked about uh, having working spiritual with spiritual in the last verse of uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Now, he says don't judge because with what judgment you're going to be judged, it'll be judged to you again. Now, what does that mean? Well, it means that when you choose a judgment from the natural side, you can be assured that what you judge will result in subsequent consequences and repercussions. Most of the time, people will turn your judgment in the intellect and turn it against you. I've, I've watched things come up on social media, and I've watched people identify an action of an individual in conditions and say, oh, he was right to do that. But the same action in another condition, no, that was wrong. When you make judgments in the natural, hi Terry, hi Linda, when you make judgments in the natural, what you're going to get is a natural repercussion. You can rest assured on it that if you make natural decisions and judgments about what you intellectually think is correct, you're going to find that in that natural judgment there'll be repercussions and consequences, and that that judgment will come right back to you. Now, we choose what we do, and it has consequences, no doubt about it. He speaks on the moat in Matthew chapter 7, or the sin that's in a brother's eye, and he asked the question, how can the natural man judge the moat, 
the speck that's in one man's eye when you've got a moat in your own eye. You, you have to understand that when you become judge and jury in the natural, well, you need to make sure that you've taken care of sin that is in your own life. Well, that's difficult to do in the natural. Why? Because the natural man cannot be perfected. Therefore, we would say, since the natural man can't be perfected, then nobody should judge anybody. Everybody should be allowed to live however they want to, do whatever they want to, be whatever they want to be, because we, in the flesh, don't have the right to make a judgment. And Jesus was telling the Jews that very thing. However, there is something in you called the inner man. In the inner man, there is the seven spirits of God that concludes with the word judgment. The ability to make correct decisions based on spiritual information, not natural information. Very easy for us to say, I can accept that, I can tolerate that, I judge that they are not to be judged. However, in the spiritual world, things don't work that way. From the spiritual inner man, there is a judgment coming out of us that has as its core content the Spirit of God and the righteous standard of God as its core content. From that core content, we can identify what it is that is in man, and I'm going to show this to you tonight, that creates the issues to which the spirit man looks at and rejects. Now man, this is a very relevant scripture. This, in this moment of time in which we live, it's very relevant. Because of, as I mentioned earlier, what I see happen on social media. I refer to it as the law of situa situational ethics. Now, it can be wrong over here, but right over here. It's all situational. Everything is, that is a product of the intellect, my friend. Now, Jesus begins then to direct his attention. From what I've begun with tonight, directly into the development of the inner man. He says, give not that which is holy unto the dogs. Now, we know that the Samaritans were referred to as dogs by the Jews. But what is Jesus referencing when he's speaking here? He's saying that the holy nature that is in you should not be operated or being turned over to natural things. In other words, our intellect should not be our driving force. What we see in the natural eye and what we churn and ascertain in our brain, natural brain, should not be and cannot be the driving force for the way we handle, we look at, we discern what's going on and how, what our judgment should be about it. Now he said that those that, that we would do that with, 
that we would try to intellectually engage with and throw the holy things of God out from an intellectual perspective that we would give debate and conversation to. They would trample upon the intellectual judgments. Why? Because they're in the natural. And in the natural, they have the right to determine from their intellect what's right and what's wrong. What meets their natural needs? What satisfies them in the natural? Now watch what he says next. He then goes into, after he tells us not to cast our pearls before swine or throw our holy things before dogs, he says this. You should ask, seek, and knock. If you do, it'll be given, found, and open to you. Now what is he saying here? Well, he's referring to judgment. Now, where would we look for judgment? When we, when we, what are we talking about when we're talking about judgment? Well, the Jew knew what judgment was because they read it from Solomon's writing in the book of Proverbs, verse 29, 26. Many seek the ruler's favor, but every man's judgment cometh from the Lord. Now, the book of Proverbs is a book that outlines and describes the training and development of the teaching in the life of a son from the father and the mother, the seven spirits of God. Go through the book of Proverbs and you're going to find wisdom, understanding, counsel, might, knowledge, the fear of the Lord which equals the hatred of evil, and judgment. As the theme of the entire book. When we get to Proverbs 29. We see that judgment cometh from the Lord. So knowing where judgment came from. Jesus began to teach how to get what the inner man requires. To navigate in a world where we wouldn't be throwing things out intellectually. And the swine wouldn't trample on us because of their ability intellectually to speak words that bring to no profit. No, he said that we would be able to come into the inner man. And in the inner man, we would begin to have the judgments of God. Now this, my friend, is the thing we're teaching. It's the product of the development of the inner man. Now remember, Jesus has brought this inner man to the forefront. He's spoken of what's going on in the inner man. Oh, of course he did. He did it with Nicodemus in John chapter 3. When he told Nicodemus you must be born again. So for him to be teaching in Matthew chapter 7. Concerning the development and the training of the inner man. Well of course that's extremely reasonable. Nicodemus didn't understand it. I want to tell you our church world doesn't understand it either. The people that are preaching to us don't understand it either. Because we're all living in a conversational world. Right now, discipleship, for instance, is being pandered about as one-on-one. Build a relationship. Converse. Have a meal. Debate. Talk. All about, let's get into the intellect on this thing. When in reality, my friends, the way that the world changes is not through the intellect. The world changes through the inner man. If the intellect would do it, 
We've got enough books written. We've got enough colleges and universities, elementary, middle school, high schools. We've got enough, enough education going on around the world that there should be nobody who is not in complete understanding about how to live and how to be successful and how to manage and get along with other people. There should be nobody who has a question on what it is to be able to work together. Nobody. Education. We've educated ourselves into foolishness is what we've done. Well, I want you to see this tonight. Jesus would teach the inner man how to use judgment to be able to navigate the world successfully. Now, remember, Jesus has begun this in talking about the inner man with Nicodemus. This is a supernatural work we're talking about that comes out of the inner man. Now, Jesus began to illustrate that in a way the intellect could understand. Listen to what he said. If you look at Matthew chapter 7 and verse 9, Jesus illustrated this relationship that happens between the inner man and the development of the seven spirits of God in you. Because Christ is in you and he is the mystery of God, the anointed one that lives in you, according to Paul's writings. It is the thing that, G, that Paul said was the hidden mystery, hidden by God from the foundation of the world. It's in you. Now, he began to talk about this in Matthew chapter 7, verse 9. He said that the one, there was a father and a son, and the one who was hungry, the father wouldn't give him a stone or a serpent. The one who was hungry in the natural would not be rejected by his father or his mother. He would give him what he asked for. Now, the hungry child in this is the illustration is telling us about the hunger that you and I should have for the inner righteousness of God. Now watch this. He's illustrating the natural love of a father for his child. And he says, you, you love them, and therefore when they cry, you produce for them. Now look at verse 11. He said, if ye then, being evil, oh, now hold down the horses. What? If we being evil, but he just told us that the father would give to the son what he asked. But yet he turned around and said, you're evil. If you being evil know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your father which is in heaven give, give good gifts to them that ask him? Why would he refer to the father who's functioning out of the natural as being evil? Because he doesn't understand the love of God. He hasn't had the inner man changed until the inner man can reflect the fruit of the Spirit. He hasn't been changed in here by wisdom, understanding, counsel, might, knowledge, the fear of the Lord, and good decision making. Which produces out of him love, joy, peace, goodness, gentleness, tenderness, mercy, kindness, and faith. See, this hasn't been produced in him. So therefore, he's loving out of an evil nature. Out of his intellect, he's saying the right thing for me to do. Now, Jesus says, 
that love, giving of love, that is coming to, from this father to the son is not spiritual love at all. But it's natural love. And he refers to that natural love as being evil. That natural gift is evil. That love knows how to give good gifts, though. That love knows how to do good things. That love knows how to depend upon his love and give to someone that expects him to do it. But they are not doing it from a prepared inner man. They are doing it from the intellect. Not doing it from the love of the inner man or Jesus would not have referred to it as being evil. If they had had the hatred of evil, hatred of evil from the seven spirits of God, Jesus would not have said this about the Father. They're giving from the natural only. Now if the natural fails them, if they can't give it in the natural, then what? Oh my, now wait a minute now because we're getting into something here. Then abortion happens. Then we abort. We walk away from our children. We leave our children fatherless and motherless. Huh? We give away. We set up for adoption because we got out of the intellectual love, did something that caused consequences and repercussions, and now we don't want that consequence and repercussion, so we attempt to eliminate. What happens when the natural intellect of love winds up with a consequence and repercussion of which we do not desire? Uh, what happens when it fails? What happens when our evil, dissatisfied self, the lust of our eye and the lust of the flesh and the pride of our life, manifests itself? And we called it love. Well, all of a sudden, we begin to do things that become destructive. They're destructive to us personally. They're destructive to our offspring. They're destructive to our community. They're destructive to our society. How did this happen? It came out of evil. What do you mean? It came out of a lack of understanding of what love is. Because the inner man was never trained to hate evil and to hate sin and to work against sin, and to not allow their flesh to conduct the behaviors of sin. Therefore, out of their intellect came an evil. This is a real thing, my friends, but God knows how to give good gifts, the Scripture said. God knows how to give them all the time, because He knows that love is in His nature and in His character. Now, here's the thing. That love is in you. If you're born again, that love is in you. It becomes a hidden entity because you're not seeing how the inner man is supposed to be driving the love vehicle. The inner man is supposed to be driving the love connection, not the intellect. Jesus said out of that intellect, comes evil. Now he may know how to do some good. He may know how to think some good. He may know how to share some good. But in the rubber meeting the road, that intellect is subject to a situational ethics 
that will allow him to choose what's right and what's wrong at the moment he decides for himself because he has become his own God. Well, I want you to know love is in the makeup of God. He operates in the spiritual man through the love of God, out of the seven spirits of God. And that natural man, that is our outer wrapper, then manifests what's in the inner man. What's in the inner man, Pastor? Well, it has to be good. Because our Father knows how to give every good and perfect gift. In verse 15, he refers to the inward nature. Now watch this. Because he's teaching on the inner man. In verse 15 of Matthew chapter 7, he refers to the inward nature of those that are false. He calls them prophets. Those that are false. Those that absolutely are saying something but have no inner structure. To maintain it, no inner structure to live through the hard times, to ensure that no peace on the inside. He's saying there are those that are inwardly false. Who are they? Well, sometimes they're mommies and daddies. Yeah. Sometimes they are those who are lying to us on our job. Sometimes they're those who stand in the pulpit and preach the gospel and don't live the gospel. Sometimes they're those that say, do what I tell you and not what I do. Yeah, they're false. Where? Now what? Where are they living the false life from? Well, Jesus told us. Inwardly. They're living the false life inwardly. And their outer man simply exposes what is really on the inside of them. That's the whole nature of what Jesus is teaching in Matthew chapter 7. He's saying there's a false life being produced because the inner man is not developed and not trained. There's a false teacher. There's a false prophet. There's someone saying something that is absolutely not the truth because in their inner man, they are not operating under the seven spirits of God. And their outer man is not expressing the nine fruit of the spirit. Huh. Jesus says, we have an inner man problem. I've said it before and I'll say it again. We don't have a racial problem in this country. We don't have a racial divide in this country. We don't have an economic problem in this country. We don't have a political problem in this country. We have a problem in the inward man. That manifests itself in the outer man. If we could get the inward man right, all of a sudden we wouldn't see the racial divide. We wouldn't bear the brunt of an economic issue. We wouldn't have the political uh, uh, opposition that we have. Because the inward man would be giving us wisdom, understanding, counsel, might, knowledge, the fear of the Lord, and the judgment of God, so that we could judge things according to spiritual. We could combine spiritual with, the Bible said, compare. We could compare spiritual with spiritual, and the outcome would be spiritual. And therefore, our life would be led by the spiritual. And we would walk in the spirit and not in the flesh. See, the devil has put us in an outward world. When the word of God is defining us, declaring us to be 
living for God in the inward man. Don't miss this because this entire, entire chapter is describing the development of the inward man. Inwardly, there are people that are ravenous wolves. Yeah, that, that's inward, friend. That's inward. Now, they create a fight in the outward. But wait a minute, Mike. Isn't that what my scripture was? That they would be foolish, create wars. Hmm. They're creating a struggle and a fight in the outer man because they're not perfect in the inward man. Now, I'm going to say this, and I want you to hear me, and that go, this goes for preachers, teachers, pastors, and men who stand in pulpits daily, who proclaim the ongoing discontent and division of our societal issues, who are saying to us from pulpits, this is where we should go and this is why. False, ravenous wolves, living out of the intellect, living out of themselves, selfish, lustful. Jesus said that your inward parts are not right. Your inward parts are out of whack. In verse 16, he gives us the way to know and identify those whose inner man is not correct. Now watch this. I'm about done. He said he would know, we would know the underdeveloped and the undertrained inner man by the fruits of which they produce. You show me a man that's not teaching and preaching the word of God. You show me a pulpit that's spewing social justice. You show, show me a pulpit that is inciting his people and not preaching and teaching the word of God out of the inner man. You show me anybody that's fruits or fruits of division and confusion. Then I'll tell you, I'll show you a man whose inner man is not developed in the word of truth. I'll show you a man who is false. I'll show you a prophet and a teacher who is not rightly dividing the word of truth. He describes the fruit that the inner man uh, would be developing. He says a good man will bring forth good fruit. But what is that good fruit? That good fruit, my friend, are the nine fruit of the Spirit. They'll bring, they'll bring forth a love, a peace, a joy, a kindness, a goodness, a temperance, a meekness, a gentleness, and a faith. They'll bring forth words of reconciliation and encouragement. That fruit, my friend, will always begin when the inner man gets right with an ability to walk in love. Now watch. As Jesus makes a statement concerning what comes out of the inner man of the unrighteous. Those that are living life under the umbrella of evil. What do they produce? Evil fruit. They produce divisions, confusions. They produce... Uh, things that are schisms. They produce things that make sure that people come to odds with each other. Evil fruit, man. There is a production of fruit that yields evil. What is that evil production from? Well, it's from the fallen Spirits of God. It's from the nine fruit of the Spirit that are fallen in your nature. And what happens? 
fall in love. Fall in love. Fall in love is the first thing that occurs. You talk about love, you think you can bring it out of the intellect. You think you can choose who you're going to love, when you're going to love, how you're going to love, and how long you're going to love. Yep. Situational ethics. A good tree who is operating in a developed inner man cannot bring forth evil fruit. Can't do it because his inner man has been defined, described. His inner man has been outlined. His inner man has been driven uh, 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 to take into himself the anointing that is Christ Jesus and the spirit of life that is Christ Jesus and the carnal man dies. Death and sin die, and peace and life become the generation of which he lives. Why is that? Because he's developed by the seven spirits of God. The evil fruit has been developed only by the fallen nature. Is it any wonder in our society that we neither appreciate or care any longer about life? Doesn't take us long to identify the fallen fruit of man that shows us the under- developed inner man. Now, I'm going to stop right there and pick this up again next week. I'll teach you on this again Wednesday night. Jesus Christ is telling us how to develop the inner man. He's telling us. We're going to begin with verse 19 on Wednesday night. You don't want to miss that. Because, my friend, the thing you need worse than you need anything else. You think you need healing. You think you need financing. You think you need a better this or a better that. I'm going to tell you. All. Did you hear my word? A-L-L. All of that is complete in Him. He is in you. He is in you. What you need is to tap in to the inner man. In the inner man is your peace, your joy, the spirit of truth, and the very glory that Jesus gave us in uh, John 17. It's all in your inner man. Tap into your inner man. Go into your inner man. There is enough anointing in Jesus Christ there. For you to be able to understand how to have wisdom. To bring about from his spiritual things. Inner man things. With inner man things. Building our house upon a rock. So that we can have the stable spirit of God to lead us, guide us, and direct us into all truth. My friend, you are complete in Him. If you will go into your inner man, get out of your mind and into your inner man, you will find Christ and the anointing of God. He will bring you into places in Him that you've only dreamed that you could go. Someone said, you're going to make me rich? I don't know. I know that my inner man is going to give me wisdom, understanding, counsel, might, knowledge, the fear of the Lord, and judgment. That will be from the heavenly economy. By the way, in the heavenly economy, there is no sickness. The streets are lined with gold. I think he probably knows how to get you into that economy. If you can get into his economy in the inner man. Father, I thank you for the word of God. Bless your people and keep us by your power. And we will give you praise and honor and glory for it all. In Jesus Christ, our high priest, our Lord, and our God's name. Amen and amen. Now, Wednesday.
Well, I hope you enjoyed that. Um, we are under the dynamic opportunity to go into Him and have the anointing that is in Him come out of us as rivers of living water. Well, I want to uh, tell you again, thanks for downloading and studying with us. Contact us at springston56 at gmail.com, mikespringstonministry.com, ffcma.org, or through Family Fellowship Chapel's Facebook messaging. May God richly bless you. Jesus Christ is Lord. Don't you forget it. Find Him there, and then listen to Him as the Holy Spirit speaks for Him, as He is our awesome man in the Godhead. God bless you until we speak again.